along. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran, and I'm here with Jack Bartek and Riv, and this is now episode 56. In this episode, we're going to preview all of the six wild card matches for the NFL this weekend, and then we're going to finish off the show with NFL Pick'em Wild Card Edition, and also give our Super Bowl picks, early Super Bowl picks, I guess. I mean, this. We're starting off with the playoff preview show. We might as well give our predictions for who we think is going to make the Super Bowl in this playoff run. I mean, I know my two already. I know my two, and it's different from everybody else's two. I'm going to just tell you this. I don't have the team I have going at making it out of the AFC isn't the Chiefs. I already know who you have making it out of the NFC. Who is it? I mean, of it's course. It's going to be the Bucks. It's the Bucks. I have the yeah. Bucks making it out of the NFC. But the AFC is going to be a tricky one. We're going to do we're going to give our Super Bowl picks on the uh Pickem on the Pickem segment. But yeah, there are six playoff matchups in this in this weekend. The Colts versus Bills, the Rams versus Seahawks, the Buccaneers versus Washington, the Ravens versus Titans, the Bears versus Saints, and the Browns versus Steelers. So before we start, I want to say one thing. I've been binge watching movies lately. I I've been binge watching a lot of ESPN films, but also like I'm not much of a movie guy. Uh, I'm not like I'm much of a more like television show guy. I watch House of Cards sometimes. I I finished watching The Boys on Amazon Prime, but usually I don't really have enough time to watch stuff. So when I do get to watch stuff, I enjoy them. I watched this Disney movie, the the movie that everybody's talking about, Soul. And that movie is the best movie I watched in the last, like, probably most inspirational movie I've watched next to The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. Wow. That was a great movie. That's high praise. That That's how great that movie Soul was. I'm not going to lie. I was watching it. Last up, last Yeah, I did cry. When he started playing, play, he plays the piano in the uh, film. And towards the end of the movie, when you when it's you know concluding, he played these beautiful piano chords, and oh my god, the emotion flooding out of my heart, I just couldn't hold it back. That was it was a great movie, and I feel like all of you guys should watch it. I mean, are you familiar with Pixar movies at all? Not really. I'm more of a uh, anime type guy. I don't really watch Pixar. And anime. Stuff. Yeah. You don't strike me as an anime guy. Yeah, I I agree. What do I strike? What you there? <laughs> what an, what what animes do you watch? Uh, Hunter X Hunter, One Punch Man. That's that's the only two I really watch. Oh, Dragon Ball Z, if you count that as anime. That's oh, about okay. it. So those are three, though. That's not even extensive. I was thinking <laughs> you were giving not me only, like, I don't really, I don't really watch, like, like you said, I don't really watch TV like that. Like, other than sports, there's not many times where I turn the TV on and watch anything. Anime, I watch um, Attack on Titan. I watch Golden Camway. I finished watching Samurai, Samurai Champloo, Naruto, of course, Dragon Ball Z. Um, I think My Hero Academia, I was watching that for a little bit. I be, I, there was a stage where I was like really into anime, but then I stopped. How about you, Jack? I'm not an anime guy. I've never, I've just never gotten into <laughs> it. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll have to give it a shot because I hear, you know, the people that watch it love it. I feel like there's no in between. Like there's people that don't watch it and there's people that watch it and love it. I've never heard somebody that watched it and like didn't like it or didn't pick up on it or follow through with it. So maybe I'll give it a shot one day, but I love Pixar movies. You love Pixar movies. Yeah. So what is, what is your favorite Pixar movie? Toy Story. 
It's my favorite ever. It's That's my favorite old, movie. It's, an old it's like one of my favorite movies ever. The Toy whole Story? Toy Story saga. So. That's definitely my favorite Pixar movie. But yeah, like this movie, Soul, I'm literally telling you guys, I told my cousin this earlier, if you watch it, your whole perspective on life is going to change. I guarantee you. Like, like after I finished watching the movie, I sat there for an hour thinking about my life. Like, that's how powerful this movie was. I saw your tweet about it. Yeah, yeah I, I know, was like, wow. You know what's a great movie that you guys should watch? This movie called Mercy. It's with Michael B. Jordan. It's about him um, basically becoming, like, a lawyer to get people out of jail. And, like, the South, when it was really racist, it's a really great movie. I've heard of that. No, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. It's really good. Like, I watched it, like, six times. Yeah, man, but I'm telling you, my tweet about it was, like, it really did have me. It had me having an existential life crisis. I was just thinking about it, like, wow, man, like. What's important? What's not important? What's the meaning of life? Like, if you watch that movie, I think especially during this time of the pandemic and what a lot of people are going through, it'll give you a new perspective, a newfound perspective on life and goals and dreams and all of those stuff. I'm definitely going to check it out. I was already planning on watching it, but now with your rave review, it just got bumped up on the uh, on the watch list. Yeah, man, I'm not a Pixar guy either, so that was like my first... I was really, like that. That was my first movie. I went into it thinking, "Oh, it's gonna be like a cheesy Disney movie," you know, cheesy mm-hmm. Disney movie. It wasn't that. I was like, "Oh, damn, this is crazy." I heard that too. I heard people say that, like, "I don't know how this is classified as a kids' movie." Yeah, it's crazy. The meaning, the meaning was deep. But now we're gonna talk about the playoffs after talking about shows for a little while. The Colts versus Bills. That's the first game slated to be played on Saturday, and. I think people either have two ways they can think about this game. Is the Bills offense going to keep rolling or are the Colts defense is going to stop them? That's what I think. So will the Bills keep rolling or are the Colts going to put a stop to that? What do you guys think? What are your preview? What's your preview for this game and prediction? How do you think it's going to go down? Well, I mean, when you look at the Colts, they're one of the more hot teams in the NFL over their last eight games. They're 6-2, and two, and they're averaging almost 30 points a game. And that's one of, been one of my big concerns about them is their offense. Can Phillip Rivers, you know, in his older age, hang with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen? But, you know, he's shown that offense has some firepower, and, you know, they can score the football. But then you look at the Bills, who they're playing. In their last 10 games, they're 9-1. and one, and their only loss came on an absolute miracle Hail Mary against the Cardinals. So realistically, they should be on a 10-game winning streak. And just watching them, like not only have, have the games resulted in wins, but the way they've won, they have been dominant. Like They have looked like the best team in football. They've looked better than the Chiefs have. And that's you know a, a high mark to set. But you know the Chiefs have had some close games here and there. The Bills have been blowing teams out and... You look at the Bills last season when they got in that playoff matchup with the Texans, and I think we saw Josh Allen had that star potential, but he just made those those inexperienced mistakes that cost them in big situations down the stretch. But you look at what he's done this year and the steps that he's taken forward as a quarterback, I think he's ready for playoff football. So as good of a defense as the Colts are, they're matching up against the Bills team with just as good of a deep, maybe not just as good of a defense, but... Another probably top 10 defensive unit in football. McDermott is a great head coach. And their offense, I just think, is at a higher level right now than almost anyone in football, especially the Colts, who I think have one of the weaker offenses in all of the playoffs. So 
I think it's a very tough matchup for the Colts. In any other game, I probably would have picked them, but it's going to be hard for them to get past the Bills. I think their defense needs to step up in a major way, and the way for them to succeed, I think, is through the run game offensively. John Taylor coming off a huge week. He's been hot the past couple weeks, so if they could get the ball in his hands and kill that clock as much as possible, keep Josh Allen on the sideline, that'll be their best chance, I think. You know, I think this game is going to come down to two matchups. Xavier Rhodes versus Stephon Diggs, who are both former teammates in Minnesota just last year, and DeForest Buckner versus Mitch Morse. DeForest Buckner, when he went down, the Colts' run defense stifled, right? They they went down. He's a difference maker, and he showed that with the 49ers. He's showing that with the Colts now. To me, I think this game is much more balanced than people like to like to think it is. I know the Bills look like the favorites. They look like the heavyweight champs right now. They're second. They're on that nine-game win streak. But the Colts have won four of their last five, and that offense isn't as bad as people think right now. When you look at the Colts' offense, I believe they're 10th in yards per game, they're 9th in points per game, so and they're second in rushing yards allowed per game. So not only do they have a great running attack right now, but they have a great run defense to stop any run. And you may say, like, you know, this is kind of a bad matchup for the Colts, even though I think it's much more balanced because the Colts are great at stopping the run, but they're 20th in passing yards allowed, and that's what the Bills do best. For me... It really comes down to Jonathan Taylor and how he can get that run game going. Because, I mean, I was very critical of Jonathan Taylor early on in the year, but he stepped it up. He just had a 200-yard performance against the Jaguars. I thought he was going to be a great running back coming into the NFL. Then, during the middle of the season, I was like, oh, man, this guy doesn't (laughs) look the same. But he's doing everything that I thought he was going to do in the league. What also I think makes a difference is that the Bills are going to have about 7,000 fans in the stands. Mm. So they're the only team, I think, in the playoffs in this wild card round that's actually going to have some home field advantage because fans are going to be there. And I've told you earlier on in the show, I watched E60 documentaries or 30 for 30s films. I saw one on the Bills, the Four Falls of Buffalo, I think it's called. Oh, Jim Kelly? Yeah, Jim Kelly, they lost four straight Super Bowls. That's crazy. So for me, you know, I hope the Bills do win a playoff game because, I mean, they des- they, they deserve it because yeah. four straight Super Bowl losses, they deserve at least. Were they blowouts or just close ones? First one, it w- it came down to a game-winning kick, and they their kicker missed it. The second one, they kind of they got blown out like the next three. But, you know. I hope that they do end up winning this game, but I think it's going to be a much closer game than people think it's going to be. Yeah, and you mentioned the fans. For the Bills, almost more than any other team in football, that's going to make a difference between because you know those Bills fans are crazy. Uh, yeah, and I, I agree. I think I'm going to lean towards the Bills in this matchup, but I think what you guys touched on was ex- – yeah, I didn't touch on was experience. You know, Phillip Rivers has been in this league for a very long time. He's walking in with some playoff experience. That's going to be good. And the matchup between him and Josh Allen – it's going to be good, but the last time we seen Josh Allen in a playoff game, you know the Bills choked it against the Texans, so that's going to be interesting to see. Another thing with the Colts is they're relying on two rookies and Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman to carry a bulk of that offense, so that's going to also be interesting to see. And on the other side of the ball, the Bills are third in takeaway, so they got guys out there who can get turnovers and get stops. So it's going to be interesting to see. And like you said, the matchup with Xavier Rhodes, I didn't even know he was playing, but the matchup with Xavier Rhodes and Stephon Diggs, Xavier Rhodes, essentially revived his career this year after a down last year. So 
that matchup is going to be key because since Stephon Diggs has stepped into that role, Josh Allen has looked like an MVP. But at the same time, you know, I'm a better. You know, I got to go with the betting money here. So I think I would probably go with the Bills. Yeah, and one other thing I think is very important for the Colts. Riv mentioned the inexperience of Josh Allen in the playoffs. He's played in one playoff game. They have got to get to Josh Allen and pressure him. Don't let him get comfortable. You know, get get a hand in his face every play. Try and get in the backfield, and, and don't let him get settled in because once he gets in a rhythm, you know, we've seen it time and time again this year. He He's hard to stop when he gets hot. But if they can limit him early and don't let him get on a roll, make him uncomfortable in the pocket, I think they give themselves a shot. That defense is going to have to really step up, though, and I think offensively the key will be running the football, keeping the offense on the field as much as possible, and limiting the touches. You know, the more you keep the ball out of Josh Allen's hands, the better chance you give yourself because the defense yeah. is the strength for that. That's, but even then, because I feel like Josh Allen is great in throwing on the run. So even if you get him out yeah. the pocket, you get him on the run. I feel like he's been so exceptional this year. Not to mention he can run. Zach Moss can run. Devin Singleton can run. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for the Colts, but I think defensively they're pretty well rounded in a sense. So I think they'll be okay. But offensively, can they keep up with the Bills scoring? Can they put points on the board? You know, T. Y. Houghton, he is good. He's out there, but he's banged up a lot. Michael Pillman, like I said, is a rookie. They still have Eric Ebron, he's good too. So it's gonna be tough to see for this team if they can keep up offensively. But nonetheless, like you said, I don't feel like it's as lopsided as everybody thinks just because the Bills firepower. I think it'll still be a good game. I'll probably bank it like a seven-point lead. So Bills, lean towards Bill, definitely. See, early on, this early in the week, it's hard to find who's going to play and who's yeah. not going to play, partly because teams aren't sure. Another part is that teams want to be very secretive about who is playing and who's not. But so far, in practice, I think that the Colts had DeForest Buckner didn't practice, Phillip Rivers didn't practice, Phillip Rivers has a toe injury. Mm. DeForest Buckner has an ankle one. And Rakyasin, the cornerback, has a concussion, and he didn't practice either. Rakyasin is probably going to be out for the game. Phillip Rivers and DeForest Buckner, I'm pretty sure, are going yeah. to play. But a big loss for them is Anthony Costanzo, their left tackle. He's out. He's out. Yeah, he's out. Wow. So that's going to be huge. You know, you got to – that's basically Phillip Rivers' blind side. I'm pretty sure Costanzo is the left tackle – and not the right tackle. But either way, each tackle spot is significantly yeah. important. And if if it's the left tackle, that's even more important. So what, what they're doing in the Bills, I, I can't – only guy that really is injured is um, Cole Beasley, who didn't play in Week 17, and he didn't practice either. He has a knee injury. I think that's the only guy they're saying might not play. Yeah, but I still – I mean, I think he's tough as nails, so I think yeah. he does play. And even without him, just having Diggs and John Brown mm-hmm. available is a perfect And Gabriel one Davis and is Gabe a great Davis. rookie, too. McKenzie's good, too. So <clears throat> that, that's going to be I – mean, those are big losses for the Colts. Rocky Sin in the secondary. And I, like you said, I'm sure Rivers and Buckner will both play, but if either of them can't go – I think this gets a lot more lopsided than I, you know, right now I think it's going to be a good game. I mm-hmm. think it'll be close, but if either one of those guys can't go, I think it gets much more lopsided. Dude, you, you confused me just now. So you like mentioned two seconds because you said river and I just thought you meant. <laughs> me play. So you mentioned, you mentioned the bills and how hot their offense is right now. Uh, I think early on, I said they won nine in a row. They won six in a row. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Okay. Since their loss to Arizona, they're first in point differential, so they're basically blowing out teams. They're number three in opponent passer rating, so their defense is stepping up, and they're six in rushing yards allowed per game. 
So they're stopping that run, and that's the key component to stopping a guy like Jonathan Taylor and that Colts run offense. When you think about teams that are – the teams that I think make it far in the playoffs are teams that start to click late, and it seems like the Bills are clicking late. The same way the Chiefs last year, their defense was horrible, but towards the end of the year, they were one of the best. And right now, the Bills are starting to regain that same defensive prowess that they had last year towards this end of the season. Mm. So if you match that great elite defensive play and their explosive offense, I think there's no telling how far the Bills can go. Yeah, I so mean, who would you pick? I didn't. I don't think I heard you pick a team. I'm picking the Bills. I'm picking the Bills to win this game. These are blowouts. They beat the Chargers 27-17. They beat the Niners 34-24. Steelers 26-15. Broncos 48-19. Patriots thirty eight to nine and the Dolphins fifty six to twenty six and, yeah, and that's that some crazy. good teams. I mean, there was one or two not great teams in there, but you know, a, a lot of those teams are solid teams and they're blowing them out. Did somebody mention Eric Ebron was on the Colts? That was me. Oh, that, that was, was my you? fault. Oh yeah, he's yeah, not on the Colts. Think of who's the guy that used to play for uh, the Eagles and the Bears. He's Trey, on the Colts. Trey Burton. Trey Burton's on the Colts. Uh, Boyle is on the Colts, I think. Doyle? Or, uh, Jack, Jack Doyle. Jack yeah, Doyle, that's what, yeah, that's who I was. I Jack don't know Doyle why is on the Colts. Yeah, and Mo Ali Cox is on the Colts. So oh, one, that's the type yeah, of one of the big issues that they've had this year is their weapons. You know, they, they really haven't had, especially receiver. The mid. You know, they, they're they essentially counting on T.Y. Hilton to be their number one receiver, which he, at this stage in his career. Matchup with Trey White, bad. he won't win that matchup. Uh, exactly, not at all. exactly. And with <laughs> Phillip Rivers... I think he needs the help, all the help that he can get as he's getting older. You know, he's not as physically gifted as he once was. So that's where I think the tides are going to turn. I just don't think their offense is strong enough. And that's why I said John Taylor has been the guy to ignite that offense the last few weeks. So if he can get going, he would be the catalyst for that Colts offense. The next game slated to happen on Saturday. It's going to be the afternoon 4 o'clock game, I'm pretty sure. The Rams versus Seahawks. And golf, we don't know if he's gonna play. He just had question a thumb mark. surgery. What's your question? No, I'm saying that was a question. A question mark. mark. Yeah. So he had surgery on his thumb, and even if golf does play, that's gonna affect him a lot. Yeah. Like, and golf has been playing inconsistent as is. So him with a thumb injury, he's been inaccurate without it. Like, I don't have much confidence in Jared Goff playing well. You know, I'd probably. I'm not saying I'd lean John Wolford because, you know. There's not really I, many yeah. good options. But it's just, it's just I don't think Jared Goff would make much of a difference in in a game like that just because of his thumb injury. And I think it's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge downfall to his play. I think over the last few weeks, we've seen the Seahawks defense improve a lot. But I think if we're just talking about these two teams, and luckily we have evidence because these two teams play twice a year, this Rams defense has learned to stop this Seahawks offense, and I think that's what's key in beating Seattle because I think this defense, you can't trust in them a lot. And if you can stop the Seattle offense, then you can beat them. And I think with the weapons out there, Jalen Ramsey, who we've seen completely take DK out the game, and when you take DK out the game, Russell Wilson, he kind of slows down a little bit. He's been slowing down, like you said. Like he's been slowing down these last couple of weeks. So I think even if Jared Goff does play, who we've seen the inconsistencies, we've seen – Sometimes he looks to disappear, even if he does play. With Cooper Cup playing, with Robert Woods, I think they can get it done enough if that defense can stop Seattle's offense. So I would probably lean if golf plays. This is if golf plays, I think I would go with Rams in a close one. If he doesn't play, though, I, I have Seattle 
winning. But even then, if the defense stopped them, the backup doesn't have to do much but just put a couple points on the board. And McVeigh has even said, because reporters have been asking him this question, if Goff is going to play, he even told reporters he's not answering that question. Mm. So there's probably a little bit of, of mystery there yeah. that McVeigh doesn't want to be like Goff is playing and now the Seahawks plan for Goff. Regardless, if I, I don't think the Seahawks are planning for Wolford. I think yeah. they're going to plan, plan for Goff regardless if it's a set in stone if he's going to play or not. Yeah, even if he knew that Goff was going to play, I think he would milk this as, as long as he could, which yep. he can do all week because he's coming off a serious thumb injury. But both of these teams are dealing with some serious injuries, and a lot of people aren't talking about the Seahawks injuries. Jamal Adams, obviously, is going to be a game-time decision. Pete Carroll said, and they had some other people not participating in practice. Jerron Reed, the defensive tackle. Chris Carson didn't participate in practice. The tackle Dwayne Brown didn't participate. And Mike Upati, I think that's how you pronounce his name, was a limited participant. So they're they're dealing with a bunch of different injuries that can affect them, especially Jamal Adams, because I think one of the keys of the game for that Seahawks defense is getting pressure no matter who's at quarterback. If it's John Wolford, obviously... You know, you get pressure on him. He's going to be shaking in his boots no matter what, potentially getting his Jamal second Adams start. Jamal Adams is playing. He is playing. Yeah. I mean, Pete, Pete, Carroll, Pete Carroll said in an article like that I read, he said they're going to probably be at full strength. That was 45 minutes yeah. ago. So but probably, also yeah. the Rams are getting Andrew Whitworth back on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's We're, playing. What I, when no, I, did it yeah, like last when I night, saw yeah. they said Jamal Adams was a game-time decision. So if he didn't play, I think that would have been a big but loss. But I think we both know if Jamal Adams is a game-time decision he's he's and it's probably, a playoff yeah, game, he's going to play. He definitely that, going to play. That's Jamal Adams. He's, I count on him to play 10 yeah. times out of 10. Yeah. Um, but when you look last week, you know, I thought that John Wolford actually did a better job than I would have expected out of him. He was not good by any stretch, and his first throw was probably one of the worst throws I've seen all season <laughs> on a football field. Like, it was unbelievable how bad of a throw it was. But the rest of the game, he seemed to settle in a little bit. He missed a bunch of wide-open receivers, which is concerning. But McVay, he's one of the best head coaches in football. He did a good job scheming receivers open and making the game as easy as possible for Wolford. So, you know, keeping the offense simple is all the Rams can do. You're not going to get John Wolford to make game-winning plays for you. So that's the concern. And even if you had Jared Goff back there, you mentioned it, he hasn't been the best healthy this season. So coming off a serious thumb injury, you know, we already knew when he was healthy, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. And what do the Seahawks excel at? Getting to the quarterback. Jamal Adams is one of the greatest blitzing safeties in the history of the league. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just not a great matchup. The Rams defense is incredible. And maybe if they were at full strength, I would feel better about them. But I just don't see how their offense can keep up. They need their defense to put on a lights-out, spectacular performance, and I just don't see that happening. I'm on the fence with this game, and I can see their defense putting a spectacular performance. They have to tell. When you look at the Rams' defense, right now I'm pretty sure they're they're like the second-best defense in the league right now. You have Aaron Donald, who's probably one of the best, who is the best defensive player of this generation by far, I think. And then Jalen Ramsey. You mentioned how he shuts down DK Metcalf, but he's been shutting down every receiver this season. He's only allowing 20 yards per game. I was like, wow. That's how great Jalen Ramsey has been. And you look at the secondary, Troy Hill isn't playing great. Darius Williams isn't playing great. So these guys, they're actually the first-ranked defense in yards per game and in points. So they're number one in both. So 
The only way I see the Rams winning this game is if they shut down the Seahawks' offense. It's the only possibility. And, yep, and based on how the, their offense has been playing, Wilson has been playing, I think that's possible. What also helps is that this is a team that you face two times in the year. So you already know what they're going to do. You can game plan for them better. So when, usually when teams face that those many times, their matchups tend to be low scoring. Yeah. So it's really just going to be on that offense. If the defense can make some plays and score, then that will be great. I was just going to say the only way I see the Rams winning this game is that they get a defensive or special teams touchdown because they're going to have such a hard time, especially since the Seahawks defense has been playing much better as of late. They're going to have such a hard time putting the ball in the end zone. And, you know, you know what the Seahawks have on the offense side of the ball. Yeah. I know Russell Wilson hasn't been as good as he was in the beginning of the season, but he's been here. I, I trust him to turn around in the playoffs to have great weapons offensively. And John Wolford is going to have to match that on the other side of the ball. So, And this is the thing for me is that we look at the Rams. They have an elite defense. That's not We, we don't even question that. The Seahawks have been playing better defensively, I think, since – Week eleven, they're only averaging, they're only allowing fifteen points per game, but those teams that they face are the Cardinals, the Jets, the Forty ers the Rams, Washington, the Eagles, and the Giants. And I don't mean to cut you off, but as you're saying, as the defense has been getting better, Russell Wilson has been slowly digressing. So that's something that we should be looking at too. And and if we're being honest, like against these teams that they faced. Don't talk about that. Eagles. That Jets game inflated their stats a lot. We only scored three points. <laughs> so that Jets game, if, if we score 15 points, Our game too. they might be averaging like 20 points per game, you know, so they might be allowing 20 points per game. So the teams that they have been holding back defensively have not been very impressive outside of the Cardinals and, and the Rams. Those are the only teams that are impressive. Everybody else are teams that aren't even 500. So I don't trust that that defensive performance can translate not only against this game, because this game I think it probably could because the Rams aren't a very great offense this season. But if they face like the Packers or well, yeah, Tampa, that's a whole I don't think story. it translates at all. That's a whole different story because then you're playing elite-level quarterback play and you will get burnt downfield. If you have to play Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and Robert Tunyon or – you know, the Bucks with Tom Brady and his array of weapons, well, they will destroy you, I pick you apart. Jalen Ramsey field. versus Devontae Adams would be really fun. Yeah, but I, oh, oh, I'm talking about the Seahawks. Oh, okay. I'm talking uh, about the okay. Seahawks defense because they don't have the secondary to keep yeah. up with either of those teams. I just think that this week with the matchup offensively, whether it's Goff playing through an injury, who you know I haven't been high on all season long, when healthy, or it's John Wolford in his second NFL start, you know, this isn't the AAF. <laughs> this is this is the NFL NFL playoffs. Pete Carroll game planning against the team in his division. It's going to be a great matchup, I think, just because it's two great head coaches with a week to prepare against teams they've seen two times already this year. You know, it's gonna. I think it's going to be a good game to watch. Maybe not a good game to watch, but I think it will be a close game to watch. So you have the Seahawks winning. I do. I do think the Seahawks win, but I could see the Rams winning if they score a defensive or special teams touchdown. Who do you have winning? Rams. You have if, the Rams if, winning? If they don't score on defense or special teams, they will I think not I think Wolford could get a score in, and I think, like you said, the defense is going to get another. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the defense is going to come to play, and they're going to shut Seattle down. I have the Seahawks winning. I think in the playoffs especially, they have been magical over the years. And I just think I don't trust Jared Goff 
Jared Goff's health and his thumb and how accurate he can be, if they don't have consistent quarterback play and their offense is terrible throughout the game, I just don't see a scenario where they can win this game because I, I count on, even though the Rams' defense is great, I count on Seattle to protect the ball enough to not allow them great field position yeah. to score multiple times. They're such a seasoned team. Like this is not a this is not the Bills where as great of a team as they are, they had they had one playoff game last year, but they haven't really been there recently. The Seahawks have been a playoff staple every year. Russell Wilson has been here. Pete Carroll has been here. You know, they have a bunch of guys still on that core from, you know, the last few years, so they're a seasoned playoff team. So the next game that goes on on Saturday is the primetime 8 p.m. game, as it should be. It's the These Buccaneers. are all the Saturday games. Yep. Right? Okay. It's the Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. And many people right now are thinking if this is a possible upset, the Bucks this year are 1-5 against 500 teams. They lost to the Bears. They lost to the Saints twice. They lost to the Rams. They lost to the Chiefs. But they did beat the Packers, who are who do who do hold the first seed, and they embarrassed the Packers. And I think this matchup is all about Washington's pass rush versus Tampa's offensive line. Can Donovan Smith hold back Chase Young just enough? I don't think he can because Donovan Smith has been horrible all season. He's been their problem on the offensive line most of the time. But the Bucks are hot. Like, the Bucks are hot oh, since since their Week 13 bye, and that's what I said. Give them a time, give them time to figure it out. That bye week, they didn't go out and party. They didn't go out and uh, just chill. They got to work, and it showed. They have won four straight. They're averaging 37 points per game, and since that Week 13 bye, Tom Brady has thrown for 1,333 yards, 12 touchdowns, one interception, and a four-game stretch. And I'm pretty sure he reached 40 touchdowns. And I think he has the most deep passing yards in the NFL. He's definitely top three, according to PFF. And I've been saying it, man. Tom Brady is not washed. He has a great, strong arm still and always did. And I think we're realizing it now. You look at the Patriots. What are they doing? You know, the Patriots right now have the same receivers, basically, that Brady had last season. Cam Newen has threw has thrown eight passing touchdowns, I believe, for the whole season. Like it, it's either it's a number between five to eight. He's Tom, been horrible. Tom Brady threw twenty four last season for the Patriots. That's how much of a difference that greatest of all time makes. So when you said Drew Brees was better than him in the beginning of the year, you were flat out disrespectful. Well, I don't mean you. You like you said with the Seahawks, how they that defensive number is inflated. I'm looking at these couple games after that bye. Vikings, Falcons twice, Lions. So, I mean, you know, like you said, a little inflated because these teams aren't that good. But nonetheless, back to the matchup, I think we should all pick the Bucks to win. I think it's no doubt. I think defensively, the, that pass rush on the Washington side is going to give the offense offensive line trouble. But at the end of the day, I think Tampa's defense is one of the best in the league. And I think offensively, Washington isn't going to have enough to keep up with Tampa Bay at the end of the day. And even though Washington has had a good season, they've been good. I just think this matchup, Tampa Bay is too overpowering. I like Mike Evans out there. I like Antonio Brown out there. I like Chris Godwin out there, Rob Gronk. It's just too many weapons for Washington to overcome. And I think Chase Young just won't be enough. 
So I would probably take Tampa Bay. They have more than that, though. Is is Mike Evans playing? He's questionable with that knee. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's playing or not, but he's questionable right now. I'm not sure. And but even if he I don't wasn't think it playing, makes a difference in my pick. I just yeah. didn't, I couldn't but find. Wait, but no. even, but even if he isn't playing, I, I think Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, and Gronk it's and Scotty enough. Miller. I think that's enough. Yeah. Ronald Jones. I think that's enough in my opinion. I want to pick the Washington football team so badly. Everything inside of me is telling to pick the Washington football team. I don't know why. I have a feeling, but as somebody who's watched, you know, the entire football season, the Buccaneers are clearly a better a better team all around. I mean, they have a strong defense. They have incredible weapons offensively. They have Tom Brady, a quarterback. If Alex Smith was healthy, I would feel much better about the Washington football team. They're 5-1 and one in games that he starts this year, but he is hindered by that calf injury. And I heard Ron Rivera even say that they might al- they might alternate quarterbacks or use like a two-quarterback system, which if Taylor Heineke is coming in the game, it, he has no chance. I'm sorry. He's, you, can't, you can't alternate quarterbacks in a playoff game and have it work out. It, they're going to have to live and die with Alex Smith. And he's not going to be that mobile, so... If the Buccaneers' pass rush can get to him, which they more than likely will, it's going to be a very long day for that offense. But defensively, I think the Washington football team can be in very good shape. Um, they're, sec- they're second in passing defense. They're second in yards and points allowed. They're averaging just 5.7 points a game in the second half, and that number drops all the way down to three points a game in the second half when they play at home. So that defense not only plays great, but when it gets down to crunch time, they keep the they keep the opponent off the board in the second half in close games. So, you know, I think that defense can definitely hold their own. You mentioned I think Chase Young is gonna have a big day getting Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not the most mobile quarterback, so I think they can make him uncomfortable. I don't think it's going to be a big blowout like a lot of people might be expecting. I think they can keep it close and I don't know, if they can get it close at halftime, maybe they have a chance, but like I said, with Alex Smith having to deal with that injury, the Bucks, the bus, the Bucks, pass rush defense—they're averaging the second highest pressure percentage in the league. So they're going to be getting to Alex Smith, who can't really move around that well, and that's going to hinder an already not great offense. So I just don't see how they can keep up offensively with the Bucks. And right now, Devin White is out. He had COVID. I think he tested oh. positive for COVID. So Devin White is out. That's their leading tackler. And although the Buccaneers' defense is phenomenal, they have the best run defense in the NFL, their pass defense isn't. That's the weakest part. They're 21st in yards allowed through the passing game. Carlton Davis versus Terry McLaurin, that's going to be the matchup. Logan Thomas versus Levante David, most likely. So for me, I'm not I'm not sure if they can shut down Washington. I think that's their best chance because I, I think Washington can probably – Hold the Bucks to under 20 points. Like, I can see it. You know, you mentioned Chase Young, but they got Montez Sweat, who's leading the team in sacks. Yeah. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, their passing secondary is one of the best in the NFL. Cameron Curl, a rookie, has emerged. So, you know, I, I think they hold them under 20 points. That offense just needs to score. And you mentioned Alex Smith. He's injured. I'm not sure if they can do that because – also, Antonio Gibson is dealing with an injury. Yeah. J.D. McKissick is their best option, but I think their defense can scheme up enough pressure and different looks to neutralize their offense. Their offense usually comes from screens and dumping off to the running back and then gaining yards off that. You know, if you can stop that and hone in on that, 
they have a great chance of just shutting down their offense the entire game. For me, of course, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers because that's my Super Bowl pick. But I could see the Washington football team upsetting them. Like, I, I could see it. It's not like I can't see it. And Chase Young even said he wants Tom Brady. I love that. Which, when, when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to lose. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, Washington's going to get embarrassed. But then Bruce Arian said that's one of those scenarios where you got to be careful what you wish for. And then when Bruce Arians opened his mouth, I was like, oh, man, he just ruined it. Because you're basically just talking smack back. And once you do that, I feel like you give them even more motivation to go out there. So I love it out of Chase Young, though, and I think that that is in line with what he's been all year. He's been, as a rookie, the heart and soul of that Washington football team, at least the Washington football team defense. And, you know, you could see it. Out, uh, he's had multiple mic'd up segments this year where you could just see his leadership coming out in all different kinds of ways and him going out with this confidence in a matchup where a lot of people aren't even giving them a chance. It just goes to show you, you know, what his mindset is, what his attitude is. And I don't think that the Washington football team feels like underdogs this week. I feel like they're right in this and, you know, they think they have just as good a chance to win as anybody. Like I said, they're 5-1 and one in games that Alex Smith starts. They're a totally different team when he's on the field, and although he might be hurt, you know, they don't have to deal with Dwayne Haskins or, you know, whoever it may be, a quarterback holding them back. So I think it could be a close one. If they can keep it within one score at halftime, I could see them pulling off an upset. But if the Bucks get going in the first half and they extend that lead past, you know, a, a touchdown or more, I think that the, the Washington football team will be done. Well, the good thing is that the Bucks are 1-5 in five against 500 teams, but Washington isn't a 500 team. So it doesn't really pertain to them because they're 7-9. and nine. <laughs> Only made the playoffs because they're in a weak division pretty much. So the next game is the Ravens versus Titans. That game is happening on Sunday at 1 p.m. And this is a rematch from last year where the Titans – squashed them 28 to 12 they basically just beat the Ravens pretty bad Derrick Henry ran all over them and they beat him this year too and it got everybody was surprised by how badly the Titans beat the Ravens last year for me the storyline of this game is will the Ravens get payback will they get revenge in the offseason they went out and they signed Calais Campbell to neutralize that run, he's been one of the best interior rush defenders in the NFL the past couple of seasons. When they faced earlier on in this season, he didn't play, and that was huge. For me, I think the Ravens win this game, and I think they 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 win it handily. The same way the Packers beat the, the Titans, I think the Ravens beat them in a similar way. I don't think this game will be close. I think the Ravens are coming into this game with a chip on their shoulder, they want to prove to everybody Lamar wants to get his first playoff win. And they're averaging 177.8 rushing yards per game. The emergence of J.K. Dobbins has helped that off, has helped that tremendously. And I, I just don't give the Titans a chance in this game because their defense is that bad. You know, last year they were 12th in points allowed per game. This year they're 24th. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop anything. I don't. I think they couldn't even stop Taylor Heineke. You mentioned him <laughs> earlier. They can't even stop him. So, for me, the Titans offense, yeah, we know it's explosive. We know it can score in bunches. We know Derrick Henry's phenomenal. But that defense is just so suspect. And the same reason why I said the Seahawks won't go anywhere in the playoffs was because earlier in the year they had a bad defense. 
I changed my stance on them because their defense got better. But I can't, I can't, I'm saying the same thing for the Titans now. If your defense is that bad, you can't go anywhere. I don't give you a chance in this game against a team in the Ravens who have been playing lights out offensively these past weeks and their defense at when they're healthy can be one of the best in the league. Yeah, and I think that this is going to be my favorite matchup to watch all weekend. This is the one that I have circled on the calendar. This is going to be the one that I have my eyes on because Lamar Jackson went from being probably the most loved player in the league, his MVP season, to coming out this year and probably turning from the most overrated player in football to the most underrated player in football. I've heard the wildest takes about him. I've heard people saying that he's not even a top 20 quarterback in the league. It's gotten ridiculous. And I don't know if people have been watching over the tail end of the season, but the Ravens have slowly become one of the hottest teams in football. They won their last five straight, and you mentioned it, going into playoff time. It's about who's getting hot at the right time, and the Ravens are that team right now. I think Lamar Jackson is going to come into this playoffs with a big chip on his shoulder. You know, Steph Curry said it the other day, you know, the the Jordan meme. I took it personally. I know Lamar Jackson's been seeing all of that talk this season about what he is and what he isn't. And he's going to come in with a big chip on his shoulder. You mentioned it helps the Titans' defense is porous. They they made A.J. Dillon look like a superstar two weeks ago. They struggled with the Texans' offense this past week. And I think that the Ravens are going to run all over them. They're going to control the time of possession. And even as good as that Titans' offense is, I think that the Ravens are going to do a good enough job bottling up Derrick Henry and I don't think they're going to be able to hang with the Ravens. I agree with you. I think the Ravens win this handily. And I agree with both of you guys as for the fact that the Titans, like you said, can't stop the run and can't stop the pass. They're one of the worst defenses in the league. Well, not in the league, but in this playoffs, they are one of the worst defenses with this team. They are in the league. Yeah, but with Lamar and Gus Edwards and J.K. Domas, that running attack is dangerous. And with Lamar, like you said, it's a chip on his shoulder and – the Titans, let's be realistic. The last two games, they've allowed 78 points. So this defense has shown that they can't do anything, and they're going to have to rely on Derrick Henry and put a lot of the shoulders, like we were talking about on Monday, a lot of that AP-like shoulders. They have to, He has to carry them to a win this year, and I don't think he can do it for a third straight time. I just feel like, like you said, with Calais Campbell playing, this defense is going to come prepared. They're going to be ready to do what they got to do. And with Lamar, he doesn't want to – be that guy who chokes another playoff game. He wants to come out. He wants to prove the haters wrong. And I don't think he's going to be in the position where he was last year, where even though the stats may look like he played good, he played poorly. So like you guys said, I got the Ravens in this one. I think they're going to come out and they're going to dominate them. And on the injury report, Yannick Ngakwe and Jimmy Smith are both most likely playing. So if you have Ngakwe and Calais Campbell, Jimmy Smith with Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, they can they can shut down that Titans offense and it can get bad quick. The only thing the Ravens don't have going for them is that Lamar Jackson, he struggles to throw outside of the numbers. He poses under an 80 passer rating when he does that and he's uh, he's like one of the bottom 20 NFL QBs in doing that, but also he doesn't attempt many passes there. So that's why that number might be a little skewed. The Titans only have 18 sacks this year and they're bottom 20 in getting pressure. So even if the Ravens, for whatever reason, wouldn't have the running game going, they can pass the ball, and the Titans get no type of pressure whatsoever. So if Lamar's sitting in the pocket, he can either run, scramble, or somebody's going to get open. If you give a team that much time to to get somebody to get open, they're going to get open. 
But, yeah, I think the Ravens do get revenge and payback versus the Titans this season. I don't think this Titans team has that same magic that it had last season. And in the offseason, it may be too early to talk about, but I think you need to go out and get some defense. You need to go out and, and help that offense because if you can have an, a defense that is really good next to that offense, you are a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, that offense is one of the best units in football. We talked about it last week. I mean, they've been incredible this season. But I talked about time of possession. The Ravens are seventh in the NFL in time of possession. The Titans are 28th. Mm. And over the last three games, the Ravens are number one in the league by over a minute and a half, and the Titans are 24th. So it's a big difference in, you know, I know the Titans also have a a heavy run-based scheme, but the Ravens stay on the field. And, you know, like I was talking before, you want to keep high-powered offenses off the field, and if the Ravens can do that, it neutralizes the best part of the game for the Titans and keeps that defense out there longer, and that defense just struggles so much. I just think that the Ravens are going to hang a big number on them. Yeah, and one uh, piggybacking off what you said, the Titans' offense have what I like to call a three-headed dragon, a QB, a number one wide receiver, and a running back. You get some help on that defensive end, and they can become a Super Bowl contending team. They just need help, not just... The big names is cool. You know, the Jadavon Clownies of the world, like, having the name. But if they're not performing like they should be, then it's no use. You have to get guys out there who are going to come in, who are going to work hard, who are going to play. Like you said, like we were talking about with the Levante David versus Luke Keekley thing. Like, yeah, Keekley's the name, but Levante David is just as talented as him. I mean, that's the guys you got to get, the guys who are going to put that talent out there and who are going to sit there and make your defense one of the best. And I think that's what the Titans need to do. Clowney is on IR too, so yeah. he's not even going to play. He's even done nothing for them. They do year. have a Dorier Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Kevin Byard, Kenny Vaccaro. They have all of is them. Is his name Bird or Byard? Byard. So they have – their secondary is healthy. We'll see what they can do, but I don't have much confidence in the Titans. The next game is the Bears versus Saints – and, man, I can can the Chicago Bears keep up with the Saints? Mitchell Trubisky has been on a tear recently. He's playing better, but it, it's been against bad teams. The Jaguars, I'm pretty sure the Texans were one of those teams. So it hasn't been against great teams. And then against the Packers, I can't believe he, snuck in. he didn't play so well. You know, for me, the Saints beat the Bears earlier in the season, 26-23 in overtime. Nick Foles started that game. Based on how Mitchell Trubisky's playing now, do you think he's going to play better than Nick Foles that game? He possibly can. But for me, the Bears' defense have to have an all-time performance. And Mitchell Trubisky has to be not Mitchell Trubisky for them to win this game. And I just don't, don't see that happening. I think the Saints are way too dominant. Realistically, they would have had... Realistically... If this was last year, the Saints would have had the bye and the Bears wouldn't even be in the playoffs. The Bears had to, had to win that last game against the Packers to make it, but they only did make it because the Cardinals lost. That's yeah. why they got in. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're just, They just made it to 500. I don't have much confidence in the Bears at all. And I don't have much confidence, not in the Bears' defense. I think we can all agree the Bears have one of the best defensive units yeah. in the last three seasons, three, four seasons. Even I just think that offense – because the Saints aren't showboats on defense either. They're one of the best defenses in the NFC too. So I just don't think offensively the Bears are going to be able to keep up. And I was reading up, there's all hands on deck for the Saints. Everybody's going to be playing offense. Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, <laughs> Alvin Kamara. So they're going to have – I don't think they have Michael Thomas the first time they played. No. 
They did. Jared so. Cook is going to play too. Yeah, so they're going to have all their. I think Drew Brees is back too. So they're going to have all hands on deck. So it's going to be really tough. The Bears didn't see all this the first time they played. So now you're seeing Michael Thomas out there. You're seeing Alvin Kamara out there. You're seeing Drew Brees. Everybody's back. Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders. So this is going to be tough for the Bears. But even if they do get stops, can they score? And we've seen Mitch Trubisky. He's not that good sometimes. He shows he can lose games. But they have Allen Robinson out there, so hopefully they can make some magic, see how it goes. But like you, like I said, Saints offensive defense, they're one of the teams in the NFC that can do both at an elite level. So I have the Saints winning in a blowout. Yeah, I think this, the Bears are the worst team in the playoffs. And I don't think it's very close. I don't I don't even know like <laughs> any team that would contest them for the worst team in the playoffs. It's not that they're a bad team. You know, they're like an average to above average team on their best day, but playing against the Saints who like you said, in any normal year would be a bye team. I don't even think it's going to be close. I don't give them any chance. You Like you said, it would take an all-time performance out of their defense. They would probably need a defensive touchdown. And Mitch Trubisky has played well over the past few weeks, but I really have not been impressed. It hasn't been against good teams, and the throws that he's been making have been pretty easy throws. Against a defense like the Saints, that they're top five in almost any metric you want to use. I could have listed them, but... We'd be here for a whole nother 10-minute segment if I took the time to list them all. That defense is a great unit. Their whole offense is coming back. And seeing Drew, B- Drew Brees, he struggled when he came back in that game against the Chiefs. But as he got into the rhythm of things in the second half, he started to pick things up and look like the Drew Brees that we know and love. This is his last go-around. I've read that, you know, it's not confirmed, but I've read he's planning on retiring after the season. He signed a big contract with... NBC, yeah, with NBC, I'm pretty be sure. A broadcaster. And he's probably going to end done. up replacing Chris Collinsworth next season on the broadcast. So he's putting everything into this. This is his final run, the last dance, getting That's Michael Thomas back. I, we can all say that offense is different when Michael Thomas is out there. Yeah, he of is, he, you know, A lot of people have forgotten about him this season, but he is as much of a difference maker as they come. They target him a lot, and he opens up so many different options on that offense. So as good as the Bears' defense is, I just don't think they'll be able to hang with that Saints' offense. The Saints are fourth in yards allowed per game, fifth fifth in points allowed per game. The Bears are 11th in yards allowed per game and 14th in points allowed per game. And offensively, the Saints are fifth in points and the Bears are 22nd in points. But I have to say this. Last year, we were saying the same exact thing about the Saints dominating the Vikings and the Vikings shocked the world. I think they're, the Bears and them are two different teams because the Vikings have a competent quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I just, I, I, if the Bears do win this game, I'd be very surprised. But I do hope that the Saints win this game and also not only win but make a deep playoff run. Yeah. Because I think that the past few years, They've been really unlucky in the playoffs. I mean, you mean the Rams debacle. You got the Minnesota miracle. Then last year, the the they, they I think they just underperformed that game against the Vikings. You have to give the Vikings credit. I think they underestimated them. Yeah, so, you know, for me, I think Drew Brees needs that one last Super Bowl run for this generation to remember him. Because me, I, I remember Drew Brees at his peak. Yeah. 2010, I remember that year. I remember him winning the Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure 2009 or 2010. It was one of those oh, years. Nine. It was one of those against years. Against the Colts. Think, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know it was against the Colts. Um, so I remember him. My my decade remembers him. For the younger audience, this is how they can remember him 
as an all-time great quarterback because right now all they know him as is Sound a guy like who a, chokes in the playoffs. Sound like an old head, the young Yeah, no, he but he, he really does deserve a, a deep run in this playoffs because I think he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and it will be a shame for him to go down in history as, you know, what have you done for me lately being and a I, choke artist in the playoffs. And I, I think, think that would be disrespectful to his I legacy. think this team over the last two, three years have shown that this team is – it's kind of giving me the Clippers vibe in a sense with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, you know, all that talent in the world. And you guys come up short in the playoffs too many times. So I think this team definitely, this is if this is going to be the last dance, I, I have them going to the Super Bowl. And I picked them, you guys have heard me all year. I've jumped on him about it. I got the Saints going to the Super Bowl. And I think this is going to be the last year where Drew Brees puts it all together. And I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I definitely think he gets them to it. I think the Saints are in that top tier. I have I have a five-team tier of teams that I really consider Super Bowl contenders, like legit. It's the Bills, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. That's my five teams that I think are like on the inside edge of Super Bowl contending right now. So the next game, the final game on Sunday, 8 p.m. game, the Browns versus Steelers. And before we get into this game, I think outside of the Ravens and Titans game – we might get, I honestly, no, we might get three games on Sunday that are blowouts. Mm. The Ravens might blow out the Titans. The Saints are probably going to blow out the Bears. And because Kevin Stefanski is not coaching, they also, I'm pretty sure Joel Bitonio, yep. who's one of their best offensive he linemen, he's not going to play. Olivier Vernon is out. is out too. This this game might become a blowout. The Sunday slate of games might become very uninteresting because games might not be very competitive but the only thing that's given me hope is that the Browns do have one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. I mean, you almost had two 1K rushers. Nick Chubb ran for a K, Kareem Hunt, 800 yards. And this is Baker Mayfield's best season in his career so far. You know, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's extremely efficient, his highest QB rating of his career. So I feel like the Browns could probably pull one out. But it really depends. I think the Steelers would have to lose this game. Yeah. As cliche as it sounds, it would have to come to Randy Fishner being such a horrible play <laughs> caller that they just completely blow the game. But we've seen when Big Ben does not agree with him, he starts calling his own plays and he takes control of the ship. So maybe can that happen? I'm not sure. But, you know, I think everything has to go right for the Browns for them to win this game. And the Steelers would basically have to play how they've been playing and, uh, the past couple of Treader weeks. Treader and Coughlin are limited, too. So they've been in and out of the practice. Um, I feel like in this situation, this is more of a learning experience for the Browns. I don't think they come out this game with a W, but I think what they should be thinking is coming out this game with experience and a mindset like, okay, we are now a playoff team. How can we get better and improve to become that team at the next level? I think with, like you said, with all the injuries – and Pittsburgh coming in, their re, their defense is elite. I just feel like the Steelers are going to come out and they're going to shut the Browns down. I don't think the Browns are going to have enough to score with the Steelers because of the fact that the Steelers are going to put that offense in check. So I would pick the Steelers to win, but I do think this should be somewhat of a learning experience for the Browns. This is the first time in the playoffs in God knows how long, so that they should take it as a learning experience. Is it 20 years or 18 years, I think it's been, think since it's the Browns while. made the playoffs? Probably I heard it last about night. That. Um, I mean, what I think is that another guy we're forgetting is Miles Garrett. I mean, yeah. he's going to be matched up with Alejandro Villanueva, who's been extremely inconsistent this season. 
And Miles Garrett is one of the premier pass rushers, which is why we have him on that picture right there. <laughs> you know, we don't put any scrubs on that picture. You got to be a high-level player to make it there. Chase Young getting the honor very early on. Shout out to Chase Young, man. Uh, but it's really unfortunate what has happened with this game over the past week because coming into the week, I was very high on the Browns. I, I would have felt confident picking them in a in a full, healthy matchup where they have Stefanski, Olivier Vernon, Joel Batonio, but losing your head coach the week of a playoff game, there's almost no worse thing. You know, the only thing that might be worse than losing your head coach is QB. losing your quarterback. And play caller. Yeah, so, and, and you saw what happened to Baker Mayfield this year. He's looked like a totally different guy with that consistency and, and meshing with Stefanski as opposed to last year where him and Freddie Kitchens weren't on the same page all year and he looked terrible. So that consistency went such a long way for Baker Mayfield this year and now to lose it in the biggest game of the season against an elite defensive unit, it's just a recipe for disaster. Do I think the Browns can still win the game? Yeah, I think there's a shot. The, the Steelers are... The opposite of what we've said with the Bills and the Ravens. You want to get hot at the right time. The Bills have gotten, or I'm sorry, the Steelers have gotten stone cold at the worst possible time going into the playoffs. I am not high at all on the Steelers. I think that they got lucky with this matchup based on the the COVID implications on the Browns. I think they're going to win this game, but only because Kevin Stefanski is going to be sitting at home. Olivier Vernon can't play. Joel Batonio can't play. They're going to be so hamstrung by those losses. It's going to be incredibly difficult for them to overcome. Hamstrung, and you're and you're right. Hamstrung, yes. <laughs> okay. and, and you're right. the The Steelers have gone stone cold, Steve Austin, towards the <laughs> towards the end of the half of the season, yeah. and the, and there's a chance the Browns stun them. They stone Shut cold up. stun ah. them. So <laughs> there's a chance that they stun them in a game. I mean, maybe Kevin Stefanski could call the home. Could call, could call the game from his house, call in the plays. He, he, he kind of can, you know? yeah, right? Zoom call. Maybe you could time. watch the the uh, the uh, twenty by twenty. What is it called again? The the film, the other oh, type of yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the all twenty two, the all yeah. twenty two film, and he can see it and you know call the plays. I don't know, man, I but it's I, FaceTime. Well, I can promise you, he will have a line of communication. He could that definitely. Field. There's send no a, question about. He could it. definitely send a text to. And just be like, "Lo, this is what I want you to call." But e- even with the Browns, I mean, the Steelers are dealing with the injuries too. Devin Bush has been out for a while; he's not going to play. Bud Dupree, those are their best two, one of their best two players. You know, two of their best two players, honestly. Terrell Edmonds, he's been in and out too. So I mean, you know, Devin Bush, yeah. the inside linebacker; Bud Dupree, their edge edge rusher. <clears throat> T.J. Watt, as elite as he Ooh. is, earlier in the year he was playing at an elite level because he wasn't facing much double teams. I saw a chart. Um, that basically rank the pass rushers in terms of how much pressure they get mm-hmm. and how much times they're double teamed. TJ Watt is rarely double teamed. So now that Bud Dupree is out, of course he's going to get that attention. They're going to double team him more. I know Cameron Hayward's phenomenal, so you can't do it as much. But there is hope for the Browns in this game. If if the Steelers were playing, like if, if their offensive play calling was competent, I would say they had no chance. But since that's a huge question mark, I give the Browns a huge chance to win. I think this would be a closer game. I would say, like, I have the Steelers winning, but 27 to 20. I'll say this. If the Browns win this game, this would be a career, maybe not career changing, and I don't want to say as far as career defining, but this would be the turnaround moment for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no, I agree. This would be the... 
and again, I don't want to say a Josh Allen level, but this would be the part where you really look at him and you say, okay, he is a legit like star quarterback in the league because he would he's taken on a lot of responsibility this week because their special team I is it their special teams coordinator taking over as the head coach I'm pretty sure for this week whoever it is they're losing their play caller and Stefanski Baker Mayfield is going to have just as much of an input on this offensive game plan as anyone else in the building this week so it's going to be on him and this is the moment this is the type of moment that defines your career. You're going into a rivalry game and your first playoff game. You know, this is where you can really make a name for yourself. And if anybody's going to do it, I think Baker Mayfield, with all that bravado he's got, he would be the guy that you would feel confident can do it. You know, he's never one to shy away from a challenge. He's got all of his weapons back, I'm pretty sure, from the COVID list. I don't yeah. think any of the receivers are going to be out. So, obviously, Odell Beckham. But I think they can do it. But it would take a, a really great performance out of Baker Mayfield, not just on the field, but off the field, scheming for an elite defense. And and I would be incredibly impressed if he was able to get it done. And I think, like we've said it before with the Seahawks and Rams game, these two teams have seen each other twice. So they know they know their tendencies. They know how they play. So this is going to be another game where it's like, all right, we know who these guys are. So I, I, I'm not, I don't want to say 27-20. I think it will be a low-scoring game. I have it around the 2016 15 range, but I think the Steelers in the end would take the W. And, and I know the Steelers sat their starters this past weekend, but anytime you can beat a team, it gives you that sense of confidence. No matter who's on the field for them, I, I know Ben Roethlisberger was out, but they still played a bunch of their starters. That sense of confidence in we just went out and beat the same team, I, I feel like that's going to give them some momentum, an underrated amount of momentum. Didn't the Browns to. win? That's what I meant. Yeah, The Browns going out and getting this win over a Steelers team, not playing all their starters, I think that's going to give them an overrated or an underrated confidence going into this matchup, regardless of who was on the field. I mean, I know this was a long time ago, but it happened when the Jets blew out the Bengals in Week 17 to secure that playoff spot. We faced them in the first round and we beat them. Yep. We shocked them. We shocked the world. How long was that? 2009. <laughs> Yo, you're crazy. He shocked the world. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. This this is a very short episode. We just got over the one hour mark, and we're already gonna get into our last segment of the show. We only had seven topics. This was just a playoff preview show. Um, just previewing the six matchups that are gonna happen on Super Wild Card Weekend. Now we're gonna go into our last segment of the episode. NFL Pick'em. Wild card oh, edition. I thought we were doing another thing. <laughs> so wild so wild card edition. Okay. We did all 17 weeks of pick'em, but you guys have been loving this segment. We've gotten a lot of views on this one. So yeah. we're gonna keep it going for the playoffs. So first game that's slated to happen, the Bills versus Colts. Who do you have winning and why? Well, this is this is actually my AFC team. I know people don't notice a lot, but this is one of my favorite teams and well, knows that this is one of my favorite QBs in Josh Allen, but I'm going to go with uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and Stephon Dix. Yeah, I'm going with the Bills as well. That offense is just scalding hot. I mean, hotter than the surface of the sun. I think they'll be right there with the Chiefs in the AFC Championship, but I, I think this is going to be an easy one for them. I don't think Phillip Rivers can hang with Josh Allen. I think that the Bills win this game, even though I think this is going to be a much closer game than people think it's going to be. I don't think necessarily it's about Josh Allen hanging in there with Phillip Rivers as I think it's about the, the Colts defense and Matt Eberflus figuring out 
that Bills defense and shutting down that passing game. Mm. I think they have the personnel to do it. Julian Blackman, Xavier Rhodes, Kenny Moore, Rockison if he plays. So they got guys that can do some damage. It'll be much closer than what people think, but I do have the Bills winning their first playoff game in what seems like forever for a lot of Bills fans. So the next game is the Rams versus Seahawks. Who do you have? Oh, wow. Um, Rams. I'm going to take if Jared Goff plays, I think that Rams defense is great enough to stop Seattle offense. So I'm going to go Rams if Jared Goff plays. If he doesn't play, though, obviously I'm taking Seattle. I don't care who they have at quarterback. There's no one on the roster that is going to win that game for them. The Seahawks are going to win because whether whether it's John Wolford coming into his second NFL start straight out of the AAF or Jared Goff, who's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL against pressure over the course of his career, I don't think either of them are going to be able to handle the Seahawks' pass defense or the pass rush, I'm sorry, of the Seahawks. That's been the only elite part of their defense all year. I know they've struggled in other areas, but the one thing you can count on them every week is they're going to get to the quarterback, and that's been a huge struggle for the Rams quarterbacks all season long. And I think that offensively, the Seahawks are going to just be a much better unit than the Rams on Saturday. When right? on, on Saturday, that's yeah. Be, ooh, that's when, when people talk about the Seahawks, they talk about Russell Wilson, DK, and that offense. I think they win this game because of their defense, and I think a catalyst in that is going to be none other than the president, Jamal Adams. Prez, salute to you. It's going to be you of and, Jamal Adams. You and Jamal have a, have a I, love-hate I, I, relationship. I told, you, I, I told you earlier, Jack, Jamal Allen, Jamal Adams didn't forget how to sing the Pledge of Allegiance. He's just had he just had to know how to sing it in a different tune. That's this. all he's that's all he's doing. You know, in the Jets, it. it was a different scheme. He had to adjust to the Seahawks scheme. He has it down packed. He's reading all the words in the same flow and the style that the coach wants him to he sing rapping? it to. So <laughs> that's what I think, man. I think Jamal Adams. I, I think he will have two sacks this game. Mm. You know, I think I, I think he's gonna have a big game. He's going to have a big game. I know he's questionable, but. Trust me, Jamal. There's something about him. If there's a, if if he they're saying you might not. If they're saying you can sit out, he will say no. You, Even if he's yeah. hurting, he's gonna do something. He's gonna yeah. take painkillers, whatever he needs to take. He's gonna play. You can say whatever about Jamal Adams. One thing nobody can question is his energy. He gets up for big games, and, and he's a star, man. He's the the greatest, you know, rushing safety oh, that I've seen. The greatest pass rushing safety that I've seen watching football and. He he makes plays for the Seahawks defense. There's no question about it. You saw it the past two weeks, and I think he's going to do it again. I think he's going to come up big and really be the 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 biggest piece, the key the the key for that Seahawks defense this week because he starts the pressure on that defensive side of the football, and that's going to be what's going to win them the game. So the next game, Washington football team versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is. The last game on Saturday, prime time, eight o'clock. Everybody will be tuning in. Uh, Who's going to win that game? Uh, I'm taking the Bucks with Tom Brady. I think they're just the superior team, and I like Tom Brady in this matchup. So I'm gonna go ahead and pick them. And plus, I hate the Redskins. So yeah, I'm gonna pick them. Who? I hate the Redskins. Who? Oh, ugh, Washington football team. Thank you. Yeah, man that 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 uh that word is considered racist now. <laughs> it got called. It, 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 who who was on there? Uh, oh no, Jim Nance and Romo. 
Let oh, Chris, Co- Chris Collinsworth let one slide. That's yeah. who let us Both of them did because Nance let one slide in, in their game. Whoever they had, I forget who. But I actually, they let I actually had to end. explain to my dad why they changed their name. <laughs> I had to explain to him because I didn't know like a year ago when they changed yeah. it. I, I just searched it up. Try as you might. Everybody's gonna let let it slip at some point. You know, yeah, I mean, it's just it's the to. first year that yeah. they changed their name, so people are gonna say, "Yeah." And the worst is gonna game. be when they come up with a name a year later, and we all had to adjust to another new name. But I think it'll be oh, easier. Ev- everything, I, you know what? I'm gonna go with the Washington Football Team just because I have this feeling. This guy, I have this feeling that it's gonna be the Washington Football Team, and I'd rather say that and be wrong. Then watch on Sunday the Washington football team because it happened with the Steelers game. It happened with the Steelers. I said, I think the Washington football game has a chance in this one. And everybody laughed at me, and I didn't pick them. And then so they go with the your Steelers. Gut I'm going with my gut today. I think the Washington football team defense is going to step up. I think Chase Young is going to get that pressure on Tom Brady, and, and that's going to be their only chance. And I, I have to hope that Alex Smith is in good enough shape to give them a shot offensively. If he isn't, they, they don't have a chance. It, it all depends on what Alex Smith can do offensively. If they have to go to a two-quarterback system, I don't really feel confident. But if Alex Smith can play, I'll go Washington football team. I'm Ooh. going with the Bucks. I think it'll be a closer game. Uh, I don't think it'll be a blowout like some people think, even though it can be. I can see that as well. Levante David gave this team a motivational speech. They said, we got to stop beating ourselves. Tom Brady pretty much co-signed it. I'm pretty sure of that. They're going to win this game. Not only are they going to win this game, I'm going to say it right now. They're going all the way. They're making the Super Bowl, and they're going to win the Super Bowl as well. Mm. And Tom, Brady's gonna, Tom Brady is going to Tom Brady is going to get his ring. They're, they're as red hot as the Chili Peppers right now. They're playing phenomenal, and I think that nobody can stop them, not even that great elite Washington football team defense. And the question about the Washington football team is that their offense has been extremely horrible. And the Tampa Bay's defense, they've been good. I mean, I picked the Bucs to make the playoffs last year before they even got Brady. They got Brady, and now it's a lock they were going to make the playoffs. I think if it's not their offense that wins them the, the game, their defense is going to come up big against that Washington football team offense. Yeah, that, I, and I just said I'm picking the Washington football team, but like I said, if Alex Smith is not in the best shape and they do have to run that dual quarterback system, that Bucks pass rush is going to cause major problems. So now the next game, the Ravens versus Titans, the first game that's going to be played Sunday at 1 o'clock. Who do you have winning this game? Um, like I said before, I'm going to take the Ravens. I feel like they're not going to beat them for a third straight time. So I'm going to go ahead and I think Lamar is going to overcome the odds and have a great playoff game. Yeah, I love the Ravens in this one, and I love the Ravens in the playoffs in general. I don't know how far I'm going to have them going, but – I, I'm very high on the Ravens. I think they got red hot at the right time, and a lot of people forgot about them because of their struggles earlier in the year, but they had the fight and claw. I think one of the Ravens said they've been in playoff mode for weeks now because they had to do everything they could to get into this playoff picture, especially in such a tough division, and they did it. They came out and they played a spectacular second half of the year. They're on fire. they got probably the best rushing attack in football, if not the best standalone Um and I just think that Titans defense is not going to be good enough to stop it. I think Lamar Jackson finally get, gets the haters off his back, you know, get, gets that weight off his shoulders, wins that first playoff game, and shuts all the haters up. I think the Ravens dominate the Titans in this game. Um, their running attack is going to be too much. They're going to have long drives, and to sustain those long drives, 
We talked about the playoffs are all about which team gets hot when, and the Ravens have been the hottest team in the NFL so far. So I think they're going to dominate the Titans. I don't have I don't give the Titans a shot because I think their defense is is that bad. Um, if Derrick Henry rushes for two hundred, I can see it. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't really think they will. I don't think Derrick Henry will have that same performance he had last year. I'm going with the Ravens in, in this one handily. The next game, the Bears versus the Saints. Mitchell Trubisky versus Drew Brees. Who wins this game? Well, like like you said, that little uh, intro, it's Drew Brees versus Mitchell Trubisky. So I'm going to take the powerhouse Saints. I think this is my pick to win the Super Bowl. Not win the Super Bowl, pardon me. This is my pick to come out the NFC and make the Super Bowl. So I'm going to ride with that pick. I got the Saints winning this game. I think this might be the ugliest game all weekend. This is going to be a blowout. I don't think the Bears have any chance just because the Seahawks, or not the Seahawks, the Saints are so much more dominant on both sides of the ball. Even as good as that Bears defense has been, it's it's such hamstrung by that Bears offense. I don't think Mitch Trubisky, I don't think he's ready for this level right now. You know, he, he's got a lot of figuring out to do, and maybe he could do it over this offseason and build off a nice finish to the end of the regular season, but he's got a lot of growing left to do, and I don't think he's in a spot where he can hang with Drew Brees and win a playoff game against him. So I think the Saints are going to win in a blowout. Yeah, I think so too. I think the Saints are going to win this game the same way the Ravens are going to beat the Titans. Mitch Trubisky hasn't playing better, but it hasn't been against good competition. And then when he faced the Packers, he didn't play so well. You know, so I think Mitchell Trubisky... This is probably the worst possible scenario that could have happened for the Bears yeah. that they make the playoffs. I would have much rather watched the Cardinals play with Kyler Murray in that explosive offense. I think the Bears are one of the most boring offenses to watch in the NFL. And now they lost draft position and they might re-sign Mitchell Trubisky because if he made the playoffs, the front office said, we're going to think about it. What was so, that quote that you had? Uh, I'd rather draft your Marcus Russell. I'd rather draft Jamarcus Russell than Daniel Jones. <laughs> I mean, it could, it could. I probably was wrong a little bit. Maybe you could say like I don't know, like Colt McCoy or like a Brandon Whedon. But know. the point is, at least you know you rather like you rather draft Russell. a bust than draft a guy who will never be that guy. Yeah, somebody that you confidently wipe off the. I was saying about Sam Donald the other day. I wish that he was a jerk because if the Jets move on from him, you know, no matter what he's done at quarterback, he's been such a great guy in the locker room he's been a leader he's been great with the media you know it you hate to see a guy like that go no matter what they've done on the field I'd rather draft the guy who comes in stinks it up for a year and then you're done you move on from him Mitch Trubisky has kind of been caught in that well you see the flashes of great potential but just can't string together week by week and I I don't think he's at that I still think he has potential to be a solid starting quarterback like 22 23 yeah he's he's 26 Oh no, Mitchell oh, yeah, I was Sam, about Sam, Sam, Sam Darnold's the youngest starting quarterback in the league. Yeah, that's what season. I was talking about. Not, uh, no, but yeah, I think the Saints have Kamara, Thomas, Sanders, Jared Cook, and uh, pretty good old line. I, I'm too. probably forgetting somebody too. If I forgot somebody, then I forgot somebody. But everybody's healthy. They're going to be ready to go. They're going to blow out the Bears. Yeah. Now the next game, the last game, the primetime game on Sunday night, the Browns versus the Steelers. Who wins that game? I think that Steelers defense is one of the best in the league. And I think it's going to come out. It's going to punch the Browns in the mouth. And with Big Ben out there and that three-headed dragon of the receivers, I think they're going to be really good. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Steelers. I wish that we could have seen this game healthy and not had to deal with Stefanski being out. Olivier Vernon, Joel Batonio 
with that, I'm going with the Steelers. I don't think that the Browns are going to be able to throw things together in a week without their head coach, especially against a, a great defense like the Steelers. But I, that's not to say I don't think the Browns have any chance. I definitely think they can win the game, but I'm going to go with the Steelers for that one reason. They're missing their head coach and their play caller. Not only are the Browns missing Kevin Zafanski, but that's their offensive play caller, like you mentioned. And that's the reason why Baker has been so phenomenal this year. I think the Browns finally got it going, and now they're dealing with so much late in the season. The wide receiver dilemma versus the Jets. Now they're not going to have their coach and one of their best offensive linemen in Joel Batonio because of COVID reasons. So, you know, there is a slight chance that they can win this game because... The Steelers have been stone cold Steve Austin, so there's that slim chance the Browns can stun them. But I'll say this. If the Browns can control clock, get that running game going, especially because Devin Bush is out. He's not going to play. He's been out for basically the whole year. Bud Dupree's hurt. If they can control clock and get it going, I can see them winning. But I'm going to go with the safe pick and say the Steelers will win this game. And that's going to do it for NFL Pick'em Wild Card Predictions. In the comments below, type in who you who what playoff matchup you're most looking forward to and also your playoff picks and who's going to win in this wild card weekend. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast, episode number 56. Very short episode for what we're used to. As always, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast, on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. You can keep up with us and when we're going to go live. And we also have like, you know, polls that we do so you can interact with us on there. And if you want to donate to this podcast, you can donate at patreon.com slash Pick Aside Podcast. Thank you guys for listening or if you're watching and we'll see you next time.